I'm Roger Baker, Executive Director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN, a global center of excellence for geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Learn how you can put geopolitics to work for your organization at RAINNetwork.com. Welcome to RAIN's Essential Geopolitics Podcast. I'm Ryan Boll, a senior Middle East and North Africa analyst here at the RAIN Network. Today, we're talking about Mozambique, a southeastern African country of 30 million people. It's a resource-rich place, particularly in its northern province of Cabo Delgado. But a years-long Islamist insurgency in the province has recently forced out major energy companies, leaving the country without important energy income. I'm here today with David Newman, a sub-Saharan Africa analyst, to discuss the insurgency. David, thanks for joining me. Hey, Ryan. Uh, Thanks for having me. Well, let's start off with some basics then. Um, As we know, insurgencies evolve over time. So can you start by briefly giving us a sense of where we are in the evolution of this particular insurgency in Mozambique? Uh, How old or new is it? and, And what kind of security situation are we dealing with? Yeah, I, you're you're definitely right about that, Ryan. Uh, insurgencies are just by nature, uh, rarely if ever are they stagnant. So uh, we've seen uh, the insurgency evolve over time. Uh, and before I kind of even talk about that, maybe it would be helpful for our listeners uh, to just clarify that you know this is this is an insurgency led by uh, the Islamic State Mozambique province. Um, the group goes by this name as of May of 2022, even though the insurgency has been running since 2017. So um, over the course of uh, their years being active in northern Mozambique, uh, the group has grown increasingly close to the Islamic State. Uh, they pledged allegiance to the Islamic State in 2019. And then, as I said, were elevated to this provincial status in uh, May of 2022. But uh, going back to sort of the different phases of the insurgency, um, the first one I would sort of call its growth stage. So this was in 2017. Uh, it began as a very kind of small, localized insurgency where fighters were amassing in smaller units, uh, conducting more of sort of guerrilla style attacks with very crude weapons. And in retrospect, um, a lot of experts sort of point to the fact that it seems that the Mozambican army, as well as the international community, sort of uh, underestimated the insurgency. So that over the next few years, it began to grow um, and then entered what I would refer to as its peak stage around uh, 2020. And so at this stage, uh, the insurgents were launching larger offensives. They were taking and holding considerable territory. Uh, the main highlight here would have been their taking of Mosimboa de Praia, which is a coastal port town that is located just south of Palma District, which is where all of the, the energy projects that you were talking about, Ryan, are located. Um, and the insurgents were able to hold Mosimboa de Praia for about a, about a year or so. Um, as you mentioned, Ryan, this forced Total Energies and other companies to halt these multi-billion dollar energy projects in that northern coastal district of Palma. From there, the insurgency gained considerable international attention. 
Uh, and so this sort of led to this next phase of the insurgency, which I would call the foreign intervention stage. Um, at this point, and this was around July of 2021, Rwanda and the uh, South African development community separately, but around the same time, deployed a few thousand troops to the province. And so over time, this helped the Mozambican government recapture considerable territory, including expelling the insurgents from Mosamboa de Praia. So this led to Rwanda and the South African development community to uh, separately, but around the same time, deploy a few thousand troops to the province. And so this helped the Mozambican government recapture considerable territory, including Mosamboa de Praia. And it also forced the insurgents to alter their strategy. Um, they basically reverted back to a more guerrilla-style insurgency, wherein they, they demobilized their forces. They sent a lot of their, their fighters back home, uh, wherever home was for them, uh, which, which probably would have included other districts in Cabo Delgado, as well as in neighboring Niassa and Nampula provinces. Um, and by doing so, they, they essentially decentralized the organization and spread them out over uh, a much broader geographic scope. And so from there, and, th and this is the stage that I would say we're currently in, um, ISM is, is primarily conducting these sporadic attacks over a wider geographic scope in Cabo Delgado, but also in neighboring Nampula province, as we saw in, in 2022, but at the same time has struggled to uh, gain back the momentum that they lost to where they were able to seize and hold considerable territory, uh, largely due to the ongoing foreign troop deployments in the region. So we talked a little bit about the impact on uh, energy companies that have pulled out of the area. What kind of conditions are they looking for before they might return? Yeah, that's that's a good question. And, and that that is probably the most notable impact, at least in terms of international attention that, that this insurgency has received. Um, you know, some of the conditions here, and, and this is even based on uh, recent statements made by the, the chief executive of Total Energies, um, they, they basically want to see a, a stable security environment, not just in Palma, where the projects are located, but also across the province. Um, at the same time, they, they also want to see an, a, a greatly improved humanitarian situation. Uh, and that's, that's sort of a separate, uh, but, but I would say related impact of the insurgency, and one that obviously is unsurprising, is that this has is, this is imposed uh, very intense humanitarian costs on the, on the Cabo Delgado province. Uh, we've, we've had over a million people displaced. We've had thousands killed. Um, it's obviously destabilized the province and its economy. And so a lot of these energy companies are wanting to see um, a much more uh, stable, secure um, province, even in terms of the humanitarian situation as well. So then what is the outlook for the insurgency in 2023, uh, given the international intervention and, and the other factors that you've mentioned? Yeah, that's that. That's the golden question. Uh, you know, I would say the bottom line right now is, um, in terms of in terms of the insurgents themselves, they're they'll likely struggle to revert back to staging these larger offensives 
uh, seizing and holding considerable territory, mainly due to this ongoing foreign troop presence on the ground. Um, while that does mean that security is likely to continue to improve in the northern districts, it doesn't necessarily mean that this is going to diminish the insurgent threat in, say, the central and southern districts of the province. Um, and so this then leads to that implicit question about what it means for the energy projects in Palma, you know, that are also being serviced by the port in Mosamboa de Praia. Um, to that, I would say that if we see any progress toward a full resumption of these onshore, you know, LNG operations, it will be very slow progress. Um, you know, as I mentioned, a lot of these conditions uh, laid out by, by Total are, are for a much more stable province, not just these northeastern districts. And at this point, uh, I will say, you know, the, the Rwandan and SADC forces alongside the Mozambican army, they're launching new offensives. They've, they've also mobilized, uh, the Mozambican government has also mobilized uh, these local forces and local militias which could apply greater pressure on the insurgents, but they will continue to run this risk of displacing the violence rather than actually diminishing it. And that's what we saw in, in 2020. While, while the attack frequency decreased in, say, Palma, uh, it picked up elsewhere. And so that leads to these rippling effects where um, if, if, we're, if we're still having a high concentration of attacks, in say the central districts uh, or even the southern districts, it's it's indicating the staying power of the insurgency that's going to continue to uh, pose this this latent uh, but relevant threat to those projects. So overall, if there's any progress that's going to be made in the future, uh, it's going to be a bit slow. All right. Well, it's obviously a key area for us to continue to monitor in sub-Saharan Africa, not only because of the energy projects, but because we continue to track uh, Islamist insurgencies and, and global terrorism um, throughout all of these uh, areas of responsibility that we have. Thank you so much for joining me, David. Yeah, thank you. Understanding geopolitics is critical to future planning, whether you run a multinational conglomerate or you're planning a trip to a place you've never been. Rain offers businesses a complete geopolitical intelligence solution with worldview for enterprises. Our app delivers forward-looking enterprise-level analysis and tools that enhance your ability to understand what happens next. Learn more about Rain's geopolitical intelligence solution at rainnetwork.com. That's R-A-N-E network.com. I'm Ryan Bull. Thanks for listening. <laughs>